Welcome to American Players Theater Talk Backs to Go. I'm Buzz Kemper, and I invite you to take a walk up the hill with Orange Schroeder and me as Orange talks with director William Brown and actor Kelsey Brennan about APT's 2018 production of The Recruiting Officer by George Farquhar. Let's talk about The Recruiting Officer. I have uh, William Brown or Bill with me who is directing the play and Kelsey who's playing Sylvia. This isn't a play that people see very often, um, in part because of the size of the cast, the scale of the play. It was written in 1706, about 100 years after Shakespeare, and uh, that was the period of restoration comedy in England in the 1700s. Uh, what can you tell us about that period, Bill? Well, uh, the actual restoration was a little earlier in, in the uh um, it was the restoration of, of, the, of the monarchy and the Puritans had banned theater and shut down the theaters. And when the restoration was restored, they went, oh, let's do that again. And they moved inside and women became, were allowed to be in plays. And, and they were, it, it, it changed the nature of plays. It wasn't the vasty fields of France so much as, you know, a drawing room or, um, and, and it, I actually think that there's, there's about almost 200 years of plays here that really aren't all restoration. But they're a kind of English comedy that um, I am alone in believing this. That's not true. Lots of people believe this. But they're very modern. I mean, they are. They have fallen out of favor. Almost no one does them. Yes, they, they, they have big casts, but so does Shakespeare. And uh, uh, there's a belief that it hasn't that these plays of these uh, late seventeenth, early eighteenth century don't have anything to do with us. And I'm uninterested in any play that doesn't have to do with us. Uh, and in this case, George Farquhar uh, was a recruiting officer, worked as a recruiting officer as a day as his day job, as it were, in the small town of Shrewsbury. Uh, at the time of our play. In other words, it could be the first autobiographical play written. But the point is, it feels like that. Uh, uh, it, 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 it's the specifics of all the, of the people in this town, and I'm not saying all the plays of this, this period do this, but this particular play feels more like the us, more like us than a lot of plays uh that we don't do um yeah and 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 the the comedy and the moral ambiguities of the play are so nicely beautifully served up i mean we every day go wow george knew what he was doing uh it is about the recruitment uh uh of soldiers to some war that nobody remembers uh, as well as the recruiting of lovers and husbands and wives. It, the, the, the term is used interchangeably. And um, it is romantic, it is sexy, it is funny, and it is thought-provoking. I mean, in the play, they say things like, you know, be a man, see the world. All the things we still say to get people to, you know, Join the armed services. So are you setting it in a more contemporary um, no. <laughs> time and place? Well, ish. Ish. Uh, <laughs> there's always an ish. There's always an ish. <laughs> but it, uh, um, it is in the period. 
It is in the small town of Shrewsbury, which we've sort of, we call Kenosha. It could be, you know, it needs, it's, it's, a, it's a small, lovely town. Uh, um, um, and there are, in this town, there are, because it's small, because the way economies work, there are not as much opportunities for young men as possible. I'm not even sure if that's true about Kenosha. Nothing bad about Kenosha here. <laughs> uh, 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 but um, it, 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 Farquhar doesn't pretend that wars can be stopped, but he does point us towards these humans, these, these, you know, these, you know, guys who don't have a job or the guy who runs the, uh, who, who's the smith or the butcher and, and how they have their lives. Uh, and these recruiting officers use just about every trick in the book. The recruiting officers have to happen to be entirely likable. Uh, they've, they recruit us in the bargain. Uh, and, uh, and the women in the play are, uh, I find as as deeply developed as you'll find in two hundred years of literature. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Okay, thanks. <laughs> so, what can you tell us about Sylvia? Sylvia is a really progressive character for this time. It's um, it's kind of incredible, and you know, I don't, I'm not, I don't really care if that's what George intended or not. But that's how I read her, and I think if I'm going to step in and do this play, then I'm going to lean yeah. into what I think is really. Um, wonderful and, and new about her. Um, so Sylvia, like many um, brave heroines of this time, dons men's clothing to go in pursuit of <laughs> a man or a relationship or, or, or independence of some kind. And, you know, when you get to play a role like that, a lot of times it's a disguise. You're Viola, you're disguising yourself as a man. You're Rosalind, you're disguising yourself as a man. Um, but Bill and I have been kind of stepping into this territory where for Sylvia, it's not so much a disguise, but um, a liberation. She has this beautiful line at the end of the play. It doesn't give too much away, but she says, um, I altered my outside because I was the same within and only put aside the woman to be sure of my man. And I like to read that as... Uh, the part of her that is woman is intact, but the part of her that is man needed some exploring. <laughs> and I think, you know, a lot of people, myself included, can identify with that type of, um, um, you know, we're, we're, we're very complicated humans. And the way that we act is not necessarily um, able to be confined by the society that we're in. And would you say that gender exploration, which is such a, a big topic today, is uh, one of the things that makes the play current? Absolutely. 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 And it's it's profound gender exploration. Yeah. It's not really used as a comic trope. Right. It's, it's really an exploration of, um, wow, there is a part of me that is masculine and is being freed by this opportunity. And I think she gets kind of lost in that freedom. If I may, the difference between a play like this and, say, for example, Moliere. In a Moliere play, you start rah, 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 and you end rah, rah, rah. I mean, there's no change or growth. The, the, the characters in this play, almost all of them, start with an idea of themselves that they feel the world expects as a person, as a man or a woman. And during the course of the play, it, that is challenged, and they respond. I, I, it's, I find the, the way identity is, is explored 
entirely modern in this play. And what can you tell us about the role of music in the play? Well, he wrote he wrote some songs and he adapted some songs. There's a, a song from the previous century, uh, "Or the Hills and Far Away," um, and he wrote he relyricked that as a kind of uh, Queen Anne commands in Willoughby. A kind of, it can be used as a kind of drinking song, a kind of, yeah, here we go. And then it can also be used as a kind of, we're going to go away. Uh, um, uh, The British Grenadiers song is used. We're not using all the songs, but everything is, is developed. You know, we've got the instrumentalists and the singers and, and they, it comes out of the, the scenes. And um, you have a new costume designer for this show. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about her and, and what she's bringing to this? Martha Halley is a brilliant costume designer that we are very lucky to have for the very first time. Um, she, I worked with her a number of years ago at Milwaukee Rep. We did a production of Lady Windermere's Fan. And besides being a ton of fun, she is acutely uh, in tune with how to tell story, how to how to help character, um, and we've come up with a. You asked if it was um, a period piece. Yes, but and if when all the characters and they all come on stage in the very first scene, we've we've said it in the marketplace, the whole play. It looks like an eighteenth century painting. I mean, it's the right colors and the right textures and the right shapes. But you look a little closer, and the butcher has on Mario Batali's orange Crocs. <laughs> or, uh, I mean, there are little touches. Um, you know, they're one of our, we say, you know, the guys who hang out at the Dunkin' Donuts, they have touches of, one of them has touches of a, a Green Bay Packers uh, sweatshirt. You don't notice it at first. It looks, oh, yeah, that's when that was. But it, it's so it, it's done with such... Grace and intelligence, uh, um, and I think everybody looks great, right? Oh, I mean, we're yeah. I'm sure everyone eventually will look fantastic. Yeah, yeah we're still <laughs> we're still in fittings, but I get pictures. I get pictures from the fittings, and uh, um, I, we're just really lucky to have her. Do you refer to it as being in Kenosha? In house, yes, we do. So the Green Bay Packers shirt makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I. I I always have a shorthand that 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 we that I can relate to. Really, I'm 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 not the smart one in the room. So, uh, uh, finding a small town, not too tiny. Um, uh, Kelsey's character actually lives in the country, and she comes to town. So it needs to it needs to be it needs to be that, and that seemed to work. Yeah, it's it's you know there are there are arguments in the play about what adventure is mm-hmm. and what. Um, what is beautiful in terms of where you live and what you see and who you're with. Certainly with um, myself and Melinda, the other um, leading female character, we have very different values in terms of our lifestyle. Um, and the first scene is set up just for that, to have that argument. And so it's it's useful to have a point of, of reference um, where my character can walk into quote unquote Kenosha and go, this is amazing. Look at the, this is beautiful. Look at this landscape, smell the air and the people here. This is, this is what I want. And she can walk into quote unquote Kenosha and go, 
this is Kenosha. You know what I mean? With, <laughs> with a kind of air about her that, you know, take what you will from that. But it's always nice for us to um, write a story about us. And we're in Wisconsin after all. So it's always helpful. And no corsets? No. <laughs> no, no. I don't think, I don't know. No. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't have a point of view about that. I, I can't uh, No. Yeah. So I wanted to um, bring up the fact that the recruiting officers being done in tandem at APT this year with Our Country's Good, which was inspired by the actual fact that in 1789, the recruiting officer was the first play to be staged in what was then called New South Wales, but is now Australia. And it was performed by um, prisoners who were brought to Australia to populate it. Can you uh, talk about why audiences should see them both this year? Well, uh, I think at APT we... We love to do programming that is complementary. When we did travesties and the important the importance of being earnest, um, that's a, a kind of dual play experience that I think is really fulfilling. And it's so fulfilling as actors too to step into two plays that complement one another. Um, these two plays are not the same in any way, um, but what they do provide the recruiting officers this beautiful, rich. Um, comedy, but, but real, um, real beautiful story about um, pursuit of identity and adventure and finding one another along that path. Our Country's Good is about, is about this group of prisoners who are tasked with putting on a play um, for the entertainment of the people um, overseeing them and also to give them something to do so they um, don't continue to be criminals. Um, but what it is as a play really, I think, is, is a love letter both to theater lovers and theater makers about the power of storytelling. Um, without giving too much away about our country's good, those criminals, real criminals, who are stepping into the roles of Sylvia and um, Plume, they learn something about themselves and each other and the people who are <laughs> imprisoning them that is um, something that they wouldn't have without the beauty and the gift of this play. Um, so we get to do the recruiting officer and then we get to see in a different context what that play does to the people who get to step inside of it. And we're looking forward to seeing them both this year. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank you. Talkbacks to Go is a production of Orange Tree Imports and Audio for the Arts. Our theme music is Err by Steve Tibbetts, and it appears here by permission of the artist, courtesy of ECM Records. Please find us on iTunes and YouTube under APT Talkbacks to Go. With Orange Schroeder, I'm Buzz Kemper. Thank you for listening.